Welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, it's part two with pro wrestler Danny Deeds. Yes, that's right. Like I said, it's part two. If you haven't caught part one yet, you should probably go and watch that so you know what's happening here. But if you have watched part one, then it's time that we continue this conversation as we talk about pro wrestling potentially making its return here in 2021. And what does that look like for Danny Deeds, not only as a wrestler, but also as the promoter of Pacific Pro Wrestling Canada? What goes into building a show what type of workers is danny looking for what kind of things is he wanting to see from wrestlers that he's looking to book what should wrestlers be doing to prepare themselves for the return of wrestling as well we're gonna dive into all of this and we're even gonna dive into a little bit of who danny deeds is as a person, an entrepreneur, a father, and oh, so much more. He's a pillar of his community, honestly. And uh, we're going to dive into all of this and so much more here today. And it's all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com, where you go to cop yourself something to represent the DTP everywhere that your beautiful face arose. Oh, yes. And now that you know who the show's brought to you by, now that you know that this is part two with Danny Deeds, I think it's about time that we continue this conversation. So let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. And we shock the people because, oh, no, we're not going to go to Abbotsford and see an international championship take place and like a title change that's not gonna happen but yeah it's gonna happen because that's that's the, those are the pops that i would want <laughs> i want to give that to the people i'm excited i'm a fan just as much like that's why you wrestle that's why you if you're a fan you love wrestling mm-hmm. well and it's you want those moments where you can draw people in where they'll come in and okay yeah it's a title match all right like why would they put this title from the UK on, oh my God, what, what, what just happened? <gasps> yeah. And the mix up, like uh, our tournament night, um, even when we went with uh, the show must go on, you know, I, there was, there was a Broadway match between or they or double pin. I think it was the finish and um, Judas Icarus and Travis Williams. And they were both champions at the time and they just put it all on the line, but they told such a story and it just, I can't even, I can put over all the matches and all the people. I, I'm very excited about coming just because we do that. We think outside the box. Now is going to be the tricky part. And as the promoters and workers say, now it's going to be hard because between speaking out and social media and people's comments and thoughts on politics and their thoughts on vaccinations and masks and all of the things that have happened in the last year, there is such a divide. A lot of the world, unfortunately, we don't, I don't know the workers that I knew a year ago. <laughs> we don't, none of us know anybody because we haven't seen anybody. A lot of us could have, I think there was a lot of self-reflection. I know for myself, I had to look back and say that fully in full of minutes, I have been a shitty person in my life. I might have the good edge of me and I've always tried to do right by people in this business and try to help build people up and be enhanced mentality and nod and smile. I'm trying to help build people up um, genuinely. I've been hurt by things that people have done in this business to me, but I know that I've also watched people be hurt and done nothing about it. I've seen bad things happen. I have done the whole close your ears and shut your mouth. And I let people adult and handle their own business, but I could have been a better people, a better person standing up in those situations. I think that's part of it. Part of this is also important for me to be able to admit that as a person, as well as a promoter and a wrestler. But I also feel there was a, it went from speaking out to movement of honesty and abuse to 
us looking at ourselves and saying, okay, well, what do we see now in this world? What, what is wrong? And then going back and be like, well, hey, all of those things that happened to us, now we look at it differently and now all oh, that's wrong. And then we're feeling just as invigorated, but we're all in a different spot now. It's not like five, 10 years ago. And not to say that if you felt um, in any way negative in this and had a negative experience in this business from anybody that that should ever, that's never going to be justifiable, right? Whether it's bullying, whether it's harassment, whether it's whatever context. Um, I also don't know anymore what is taken out of context, what people are embellishing, what are they actually heard about? Some stuff is genuine, true, factual things that have come out. And I can't imagine that. And I also, but I also can because I've gone through a lot of things in this business that made me want to walk away from a company, walk away from people and not be around this business anymore because I felt really hurt about how I was treated or something that I may have seen. And, and then you get to that line where you don't, you're not really, you know, that's something you're not really Switzerland. If you're not doing anything or you don't have an opinion, but you're watching it all go down. You're like, Hey, Hey, Hey. And then occasionally you pop up and comment, you know, I don't have all the information about everybody. I think that's to my own credit or discredit. Now, and this will tie back to PPW. I don't know our wrestling community enough. I know I have a lot of acquaintance friends. I know everyone has treated me well. That's why I don't want to come on here and bury anybody because to be honest, nobody has really gone out of their way to personally intentionally think, Hey, I'm going to just hurt Pete. There's been things that people have done that have hurt me, things that have said rumors and things I've heard. And, but I don't overly feel hate more than I feel respect or love when I'm in a locker room or things. So I don't, but that's also part of my naivety. I, everyone there's like, as the saying goes, and I, I took it, startup black she was talking to me recently uh, it's probably from someone else maybe or maybe she's just that clever we'll give it to her um one person's bully is another person's best friend and that's the problem that we have here in this business because everyone's treated me right no one's wronged me like the people that went down that with the speaking out movement and things of that nature they haven't personally come after and hurt me but the morality of what went down as well and then you, then you turn that into yourself. Okay, well, out of all the things that are bad in this world and in this wrestling business, what's been done to me that was right? What hasn't been wrong? And what's that level? And, and then it got into such a blur and a fight about all of these things. And then it just, and then it, as you, you know, you get into the, po the politics thing really towards where it wasn't even our country, although we had elections in general in the last handful of years, but it wasn't, you know, we all, and just opinions and all this is just, we are all entitled to our own opinions, our own thoughts, our own views of the world 110%. But it doesn't mean we have to hate rage on each other about that, uh, especially on media, especially, especially to, and that's why I don't banter. There's been things lately that I could have stood up for. I could have involved and tried to separate people or say my thoughts and opinions. But I feel that a comment misconstrues my true voice. I would rather talk with you about my feelings and people can see whether or not I'm genuine and, and think that I am or not rather than be like, oh, that comment was really insensitive or didn't get the context of what I'm trying to do. But now we're at a point going back to everything as a booker for PPW, who am I going to book? Who's a good guy now and who's a bad guy now? It doesn't matter if you've been in this business 20 years or two years, nobody's been wrestling for a year. There's a few people that I see have dabbled in their own private rings or in facilities, but there's no training classes. Some people might have taken the time to get in better shape. I took the time to take better care of myself, so I'll be happy. Give me a ring, I'll roll around a little bit, and I'll get back in there, and I won't feel like I sat on my hands all of COVID. But some people are going to come back. They're going to have that ring rust. They're going to have not the dedication. They may not even want to come back. Um, and who are we going to judge? It's like, well, I could book so-and-so, but if that person is mad at so-and-so because something happened six years ago in another province, and he, and he put a whoopee cushion in your bag, and now all of a sudden you're butthurt about it. The HR vetting process of how we're supposed to book shows now is unfathomable to me. At the beginning of COVID, at least all of the promoters were talking privately in a group, and that's, that's the truth. Like We always communicated with one another. Even though we're all different businesses, we would stay in touch. And even the fabric of that has come apart in the last year. Where we won't talk to each other. We won't engage each other. It's very seldom we as promoters even want to talk or bring up the subject of wrestling because there's so much negative that's been drawn from this. Now there's no positive. 
Um, so I think that's really the only negative turmoil that I'm having with running a company now is, well, who do we start with? And to what extent? What extent is the level of bad? Do I tolerate that somebody made a joke at someone's expense a while ago and they're still hurt about it? Or do I leave it to them as adults to say, we are in a business? If you want me to hire your individual contract services, you show up, you do business. Sometimes people who hate each other do the best business. Absolute best business. I would rather be a ring in the ring against the guy who wanted to kick my ass than not, to be honest with you, because the crowd will know that is real. Right? Um, so many topics. I forgot about all the lit match listings, too. You got me all riled up about wrestling here. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> Go way on back later on. But um, it just got me thinking about all these fun matches. But um, it's going to be hard because I have good personal relationships, in my opinion. Um, and I think that was also the PBW's credit, where as a worker, I've worked almost everybody or interacted with everybody in British Columbia, somewhat the Pacific Northwest. Washington has come up here a lot over the years. Some of the friends I've made, some of the people, the talent that has come out of the Pacific Northwest, Alberta and BC, it's just, it's not nearly focused on enough. Uh, but, but now to try to feel the pressure of needing to vet everybody and their personal backstories as to whether or not they've been addicted to somebody in this business is the mental strain of being a promoter now. Because um, I can book promotionally who I think I would like to see, and hope that they're ring ready when the next, and I've rewritten the next card. We're ready to go for PPW. Like I have, like we were already had pre booked in the entirety of 2020 and 2021 for book for dates. And we were, we were lived up. We were all ready to go until COVID happened, but we're in the same boat. But as soon as we green light it, we're going to go, go, go. But the names on that booking sheet, how to get there is going to be tough because I love everybody in a good way. Cause I always see the good in everybody. And so I'm naive to the darkness and that's probably really a downfall of myself. And I don't know what we'll do with that, but I've had a great time running it. I'm grateful. Even if it was only seven shows, maybe we don't ever run again. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that that's the thing, but maybe I didn't, but I had an opportunity and we had those moments and we gave Abbotsford that something and we gave these wrestlers something in the locker room, something a little bit different. There was a few ruffles here and there in the last couple shows, but people showed me still that they would work professionally together. Um, now, after all of the things through speaking out, though, and voicing stuff through COVID and everyone's personal opinions, I think more being out on their sleeve, their hearts are being worn on their sleeve. As I uh, talked to somebody the other day, I used that analogy too, but if people just have it all out there, they're going to, yeah. Yeah. They're, I don't know if they're going to want to work together or how it's all going to pan out. So It's, definitely going to be a difficult process to get started for sure just finding out those initial people who it's like okay who can work with each other and then once you get to know who that list is then of course it becomes a little bit easier of course you want to continue to bring more people in and otherwise so you have to continue to vet and everything else and we talked a lot about the training in western canada here and a lot of that situation so let's maybe talk about a respect standpoint and from like a positivity standpoint as a promoter what sort of things are you looking for in a talent in a prospective talent moving forward when things get reopened that's a great question for everyone wanting a booking <laughs> i like that i um someone that understands 100% that this business is about making sure the fans are happy. Um, and I would say only rivaling that also making sure that you are enjoying the happiness in the business. Cause I, I want the wrestlers to feel fulfilled, but this business is about making people happy. And I want someone who will see the bigger picture. They're going to go out there. If they're a face, they're going to shake hands and take those pictures and make those memories count when we come back from the pandemic. And if, you're going to be a bad guy. You're going to be a bad guy. You don't need to be, you know, you need to look that up and you know what I'm talking about. You need to know your craft. I have spent, there was so much time where I was a wrestling fan and then I broke into the wrestling business and I stopped watching wrestling except for occasionally this, that, and the other. I didn't enjoy uh, a lot of product that started happening in the early 2000s post attitude era. Um, I go back and I watch some of the things. 
Now I can say in the last handful of months, every single day, it's podcasts, videos, it's studying psychology. It's, I haven't been so passionate about making sure I'm ready for whenever we get that green light than anything else. Um, and I want to see that in competitors. I want to know that I'm not just booking you on your stature before we left. I'm booking you on you showing me why now. Um, we have seen, like, it's hard because right now we can't do much with social media with no shows. It's hard to promote with no shows, but you can take steps now. You can reach out to promoters and say, hey, I'd like to come work for you when the next show comes out. Here's my updated bio. Hey, during COVID, I put together this clip package for you. Here's what I'd like to do. I know you know what I'm talking about. And, um, and here's how I'd like to present myself to the world. Take that initiative. Initiative to me goes a long way. We had the PPW Invitational Battle Royal, or it was going to be like the debuting dozen. We went through so many different names. The back at Fall Brawl, where the concept was every single person in that Battle Royal was a debut. Perhaps we can never do it again, but we were upwards of 60 different faces that in that one year, six shows appeared on our thing. 60 different roster members. That's a huge amount of talent. But we were some, some of that was the first thing. We were like, you know, kid beforehand, like, hey, you got your gear? Well, no. And then his friends went and got him gear and we put him in the ring. I'm not going to get into that story. We still gave that kid an opportunity knowing he had been training. We talked to his trainer and said, hey, is this kid ready to at least go out there and do the thing? Absolutely. And so, and that was, that was, that's a show of respect going back to respect, right? Talking, you know, uh, I appreciated that I could have a, con- a candid conversation with a local trainer about a student in a positive way and then help them get to that next step, get that step, that first step in the ring. But as a promoter that I also would take the time to say, Hey, this person going to be ready. I get all of those aspects too. Um, but I want somebody who is going to be ring ready that way. I'm all for giving opportunity, but I'm a big foot in the door kind of guy. If I don't know you and you want to break into business, now it's probably a good time. Come set up the ring, come introduce yourself. I want somebody who's going to show respect in the locker room where I know that they will go around and not necessarily shake hands, although traditionally that was the way, but go interact with everybody in the locker room and say hello. And on that side note of handshaking, while I get off topic, I was thinking about this today. For us back in the day, as I can say that, I think like I'm a 40-year vet, the purpose of the handshake between us workers was to show a sign of respect. I'm going to work you like, I'm going to work you respectfully. That was the point of the handshake. A lot of people nowadays were like, hey, we're person to person, shake my hand like a person, and that's okay too. Um, but I felt, I feel that at some point in the last year, you know, the light handshake was getting a bad rep for different reasons. And I still am a person who will do a mix of both. I read the room someone wants to shake my hand, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm a businessman. If you're a worker who wants to be a traditional wrestler in that regard, I'm not going to look at you in some weird way because you come up and shake my hand in a dainty manner. Um, but sorry, go back. No worries. No worries at all. And I understand that for sure. I'm someone who uh, enjoys the worker handshake myself because I understand, even though I'm just a referee, I understand that very respectfully where it's like this is a something that the business has been doing for a long time and it's exactly that is it's i'm going to return you home nice and safe like we're trying to give each other a nice sign and it's like saying it without saying it and that's what i really like about it and that other thing too is like even as a referee you know that i'm working on a reel for once we get back to wrestling because even as just a referee like i want to make sure that i'm ready to show my work to various people. And it's it's these moments where you can be working on your promos, you can be working on merchandise. Like these aren't things that you have to rush into as soon as we get the green light, where it's like, okay, I need to put all of these things together. It's like you can have your images ready to go so that like three weeks before you go into a show, you know that you're sending this off to a printer. Like you have videos ready to go. You've been working on your promo game and your character and your costume, whatever it happens to be, so that when you come back, you're ready to get out there and make the most of every single opportunity after missing a lot of opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we'll, 
You know, so those initiative is a big thing. Um, I obviously am going to want to book a lot of local talent. I'm not, and by local, I mean provincial now. There's still people from Alberta I want to bring in because we were going to start that transition of starting to blend the provinces and start doing a little bit multi-promotional work eastward. Um, and unfortunately, COVID also hit, and then we were kind of stuck to do that. So I want to start mixing those people in. Um, and ultimately, figure matches, I like having first-time matches. And even if it doesn't add stability to every single story, sometimes just seeing two people work a story is just enjoyable. I, I would like, you know, I'd like to just put two ring in a, I would love to see Kikyo and Rhea in a ring. Because I, I, Rhea has been absolutely working on her game and she has been fierce and she won the VIPW Heavyweight Championship and was absolutely on fire. And Kikyo is a powerhouse who's ever been evolving. She's had over 10 years of experience in this business, internationally traveled. We had brought her up to fight Liza Hall. Rhea had come out and she had won a triple threat um, over Scarlett and, and Bambi Hall, which was a great match at that time too. But I've never seen, like, it's things like that. I'm like, men and women just like, mixing it up in a fun way. Um, so I'm going to factor that in. And then, and like you said, then there's the vetting process. It's like, well, <laughs> you got to take that in. Is it, you know, and I don't want to, I don't feel like I want to babysit. I have children. I don't want to dab the business. I just want to show up and say, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's what I think is going to be entertaining. And that's the promoter's privy. Here's what we've come up with. Um, and, but hopefully and so far along, I think we've done a great job of providing unique enough entertainment that it is catchy in its own way. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to see those things elsewhere. Um, but I also hope that you do. I was really proud of the fact that a few months later that we saw that there was a Canadian championship being defended at VIPW from a different company as well. And, you know, and other promotions at BC are, we're seeing the merit of like, Hey, yes, let's mix it up. Let's do those things. You know? And, it's exciting when we all work together for that because really the PC wrestling fan and wrestling fans in general, like that's, that's why we do this. We do it because we love it, but it has to be about them. And, um, anything else about people? Hmm. I think that's pretty much it. Individual merit is best we can get it and figure out who the people want to see and whether or not those are the right people connect with the audience. Every, every person's different. Every style is different. Um, I like to have a very eclectic mix of characters. Um, on our shows, different styles and personalities, especially the ones that may clash sometimes in a good way. Um, so I guess we'll have to see. And then, of course, I've got the varying thoughts. Um, we work as a team uh, creatively, and I want to uh, make sure that I have their input too um, and their thoughts and opinions because there's a lot of knowledge in the heads that I um, take advice from and get wisdom from, not just in our ownership circle, but beyond in the wrestling business. Okay. Okay, fantastic. I'm glad that we could s touch on that for a little bit because, I mean, the opportunity to come back could be on the precipice. It could be on the forefront of being very soon. So it's very good for these people to have this information and for fans to also know that if they want to see somebody, reach out to the promoters. Tell them who you want to see, who you think is a good wrestler, who you think could bring things to your local promotions because you as fans too, you can help make a difference in building somebody's career. Absolutely. It is all about the fans. I'm very grateful because um, whether I've done some dastardly deeds or they've been supporting me, the, um, the memories that the fans and the people that I have worked with in general who have just been around wrestling. If you've been around wrestling and I've been there, whether I've signed your autograph or you signed autographs for me, which I've had that happen too. That's a great little story. Uh, where I got, I had all of these kids at a show sign my sign in my book, their autographs, so I could remember them. And then the, this little kid, uh, he didn't have much of anything, and he gave me this CD that said "Bow Out Boy," <laughs> Bow. But it was so cute. It was the only thing that he had, and it was the most hat. It was the happiest gesture. So, um, but again, I, I got off topic there again, and. Uh, <laughs> Bring me back. Bring me back. Bring no worries. No worries. I mean, it's uh, there's nothing wrong with some foul out, boy. I mean, I know I have enjoyed them through my time as well. So, <laughs> but, um, the, the fans, though, in general, are like they're why we do this. This is this is about them. This is the, and that's all. 
all I could want is to have them fully entertained across the board. Um, and in whatever context I'm recognizing now where my role needs to be. Um, I'd love to be back in the ring, um, at some point and I'm going to be ready to do that. But if I didn't wrestle anymore, that would be okay too. I've, I've, I feel like I've accomplished more than I ever intended to set out with in the business. Um, I, you know, we, we dreamed always, yeah, I dreamed of going to the WWF and doing this. I want to travel more. I'd love to go to other provinces and do those tours. Those opportunities may still arise, but the things that were important to me, I wanted to wrestle in front of my family. I wanted to be a good role model for my kids in that ring and show them that you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. Be able to travel around the province, see some beautiful things, make some beautiful memories. That's all I could ever have wanted out of this business. And I've, I've had that. Um, so I don't go away with regret, but now I've transitioned. I'm like, well, how can I promote? How can I build people up? I want to start taking a more of a, a backstage role to be able to help newer kids learn and develop properly in this business and maybe take it to that next level. I would love to eventually open a school out here in Abbotsford. I think there's a buzz and an interest. Um, right now on the mainland, I know when the dojo reopens, um, that will be a hot spot for people to go. They're going to have a, probably a very solid program back in place. I haven't seen their program, but I know that people that are training there are very talented. Um, so if you're on the mainland, that would be a recommendation. If you're on the island, I'm not sure if it's one or two schools, but Eddie Osborne has some schools out there. I don't know if the IPW still trains, um, but I would absolutely go out there and train with Rhea and Cody and learn about the business in a ring too. So there's, there's lots of different options now. Um, as you go into Alberta, I'm sure there's a lot of different, like you said, there's top talent out there. Uh, Landstorm isn't currently running anymore, but that was a thing for quite a while too, where there was a lot of people. There's even people in the Okanagan who've been trained by Landstorm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of various opportunities and it's, as we've said before, you don't have to stop learning as soon as you get out of a school, you can go to these various places and continue to learn various different things. Take the things that you like and continue to build yourself. There's a ton of opportunity and it's, it's up to you to reach out and try and find it and try and find out how can I become a better talent, a better wrestler, a better representative of the wrestling industry. Absolutely. Um, if you ever think as a person in this business that you've stopped learning, then you need to leave the business. Like that's, and, and that's just a fact about anything that you're going to If you want to be an astronaut and all of a sudden you don't like space anymore, why are you going to be an astronaut? You know, like it's the same thing. If you, if you are a wrestler or a referee or a manager or Whatever the case is, if you have aspirations in general for your own dreams and you lose the passion and interest in them, then don't, then why are you doing it, right? Uh, you always want to be learning more every single day. So I watch wrestling. That's why we're doing these things. I've never sat down and really opened up this way. I've had one other podcast, um, the RTD show. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, RTD. Um, anyway, and uh, he interviewed me. Um, but other than that, I haven't been open and sharing a lot of the things. And interestingly enough, we've been rambling a lot, but the amount of things that I was going to talk about, the list was twice that already on the little notes I had made for ourselves. Well, how am I going to really break this down? So you think if this is a mouthful, wait till part two, three, four, and five, right? But <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, this business makes me happy. And I'm every day back to what you said. It's about learning, about making yourself better. Um, I've gone through patches where I haven't given it my all. You know, I haven't given it my focus. Um, I haven't hit the gym all the time or taking good care of my body or paid enough attention. I know we used to get flack because I wouldn't, I went out from Abbotsford to Coquitlam all the time, all the time for training. And then after your training, you're not there nearly as much. And then you're not, and then you would get the rep because you weren't in their training with them or those people. So then they thought you were lazy and you weren't training at all. Why do you need to be in a ring? But there's many ways to be ring ready all the time. And it doesn't necessarily, and not, not saying that going to train, you should go to training as often as you have an opportunity, but um, I know where rings are. I have been a ring in the last year. And to much to my credit, I've had more matches in 2020 than most people have because we wrestled that small stint during the fall before the travel budget shut down. Some people didn't even wrestle in 2020. I had a hot start to the year with some really fun matches. Then I got that little mid-piece in fall. It's only been like four or five months since I had a match. So it's, um, I'm not as, 
Ooh, so he's ready. He's ready to jump into the future once once those floodgates get opened up. Uh, a whole lot of dastardly deeds. <laughs> yeah, 2024, right? The wave of dastardly <laughs> deeds. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun times, but I do want to, I want to figure out a different, Danny Deeds has contributed a lot as a character, I think, uh, but there isn't anything that I really haven't touched on doing. And so trying to figure out myself too, much like a lot of characters and people that are getting back in are going to need to find themselves. Well, who am I now? What, what is a so-and-so? What is a dastardly? What is that guy? You know, like I'm not the boisterous in your face, dick <laughs> speak casually that i was a year ago when i was trying to be that guy i do a lot of fun music and i still use the that guy character but i i'm not really a lot of that was just my shoot rage coming out in promo style a lot of the time now i feel that i can calmly talk about my shoot feelings a lot of the time so i feel like you've done a pretty good job of it too and even with uh the creating of songs you mentioned earlier a love of uh weird al so that parody style's definitely uh, continued to make its way into further in your career. That influence continuing to move forward. Yeah, as as always. Yeah, white and nerdy was my first uh, theme by Weird Al, of course, and then and then I ended up being a nerd for the longest time. So um, I've I've seen Weird Al probably four times. I'm thinking, and uh, it's, I've definitely had a parody and comedy has always been a very influential thing. I think I'm much of an introvert. Uh, I do battle depression. There's a lot of inward things about me and being an out there outlandish person sometimes is a bit of my release. Um, but parody is so much fun for me. I have been trying to dabble. We just released recently released a parody of WAP as big ass hunters. Um, and we released like this gritty version. Uh, but Adrian at his art burns, he has, he's, he's uh, really amped it up. He was the person who created that guy's center anthem video. So I give him the credit for putting that together. Uh, he's an absolute genius. He's got such a mind for this business. And uh, maybe maybe one day we'll see him further involved um, in, in front of a camera kind of way. Uh, but uh, I really appreciate him for that. But it's so much fun. I've been working on them. I have all these other parodies lined up. I, uh, I think it's something different. It get, I get to sing, I get to be outlandish, use my wrestling, and also my passion for off-key music. So, Yes, it's uh, putting together a lot of these passions and making them come out and turning the dial up a little bit and being you and being true to you and then projecting that out into the crowd. Yeah, I, I like it. I wasn't uh, intentionally going to do that guy's center anthem live, but I'm like, well... Since, since it's out, we might as well do it. It was, it was really mainly pertinent to that show. And that's interesting, too. Like, sometimes I will write and do a whole parody just based on one show. And, it, and so even going back now, you know, when I did that um, Wrestling God instead of Rap God, when I, uh, that Marty Sugar diss track, and that was one of my big, like, raps. I'm, oh, I'm going to just try this out. And I did the whole four or five minutes straight. I really enjoy doing that. I like doing a one time. I know people can edit and they can do all the things. I'm a one cut person and I will go back and do this recording a hundred different times and sing that chorus a hundred times just to get to the end to sing that last chorus. I don't know why I feel there's like a authenticity in me about it, but yeah, people can check out my YouTube and go look at that. We'll have some more releases. So. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll find a link down below in the description to this video, whether it's one or a few parts, we'll put links in there, the audio, it'll be there too. So they should definitely go and check out the parodies and everything else and all of the amazing things that Danny Deeds is doing. You can find his matches online too. You can find his history, databases, all of those incredible things online. But one thing that is a little bit harder to find a little bit of here is I want to know a little bit more about Danny Deeds, the human being, the family man, the otherwise. <laughs> your father the real me i am happily a father i um i love being a dad being a dad trumps even being a wrestler um because and it was one of the things that i'd also wanted to do i i feel that i just i just love this world i just love people i love happiness and i uh yeah i don't know i have two beautiful daughters and um 
I could not be happier. I just, I'm so grateful to watch them grow and uh, I run my own business. Um, I, I was an event planner for years. I ran, I was in restaurants for many a year. I've done pretty much all of the different styles of jobs. You could try to work in this community in some capacity. And, uh, um, and I've kind of just melded that all together into a business that's become a full-time gig for me as well around wrestling. Um, so that's, um, that's me in a nutshell. I, uh, I'm here. I'm engaged to start a block. Is that, is that a cave cave thing? Um, but, uh, that, that makes me pretty happy. That makes me pretty lucky. Um, you know, she busts my balls literally sometimes like she does on those corner spots where she gas pedals me, which for some reason she gets really, really strange satisfaction out of, but, um, but she's my partner day by day and keeps me sane. So really be fair to credit her as part of my big life too. And I, I love my friends and, and that's, you know, a lot of it is just interacting with my close knit group and, and hanging out and uh, enjoying the community when I can, getting out, taking care of myself. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I had some political ventures. Um, I did run for mayor in 2018. I wanted to do a little bit more for the community also and, uh, and have kind of an underdog story where I definitely feel that my experience within the community and my ability to do good business, I would have been able to do the job well. Um, and that's, and again, that's why I put up my name to recently run for council because there was going to be a by-election. Um, but uh, I'm not, I know this podcast is pre-taped, uh, but it was just yesterday or the, sorry, two days ago where I actually stepped out of that council race um, to focus more on being a family man. Um, I'm a workaholic. And when I work, I give 110% to my work. Um, and no matter what it is, that's what I do. And 110% is it. You know the term. I know everyone else. Oh, I can't do it. I get it. Okay. Calm down, internet. But I give it my all to what I do. And I was geared up and ready to go. And I was amped up. And I'm like, yes, I want to continue to do this. There's a by-election. I could help out for a year, band-aid a situation, have a different voice and opinion out there. And we've been waiting. And we've been waiting. And we've been waiting. <laughs> and, and, and the city's doing a fine job running itself with the people that are there. And so then over the last few months, as you know, every day with COVID, like what happened a week, less than a week ago, the internet and the indie scene in the Okanagan blew up for a variety of reasons. And now here we are just Saturday afternoon. We're chit-chatting here and we're, uh, you know, and we're talking about other things, but by every single day, example is that every single day, everything absolutely changes. Right. And two months later, my focus is fully on my family. Um, and my business, I'm, I'm very excited. Like after many, many years of working, um, cause I do share custody. The girls have a great mom and we go back and forth, um, co-parent extremely well. Um, but I, fit, I finally have a schedule where I will only be with them when I'm not working. And so I can just, all my time with them can be with them. And then all my other business stuff can be separate. And that to me is like a, it's like a retirement. It's a rewarding experience. Um, and because all I want is my kids. All I want is my family and friends. And so that's, that's all I can really want. So um, that's coming up. So I'm excited about that. And um, who knows? I, like I said, I'd love to open a school. I'd love to run PPW as long as we can run it um, and help do different things in our community, make it bigger. I know it could be bigger. This whole entire independent scene in this province is waiting to explode. Once we're able to do stuff, like we had how we had over 10 promotions running before we closed everything down. And that's because there's a lot of different creative ways. It's so, you know, working at the Lucha, sorry, Lucha Libre Spectacular was one of the best experiences, you know, touching back on some of those matches, so many working for VIPW. I had a no holds barred match with uh, Ray of on slasher. And it was one of my favorite things of all time. There's a match where Sloan kicked my ass really bad in front of her family. That was still fun. Uh, it, but you know, in its own way, where I, but it's uh, those really truly heady moments when you're seeing like a mother weep in the front row, those kinds of things. But um, I don't know. When we come back, I'm I'm really hoping that we just we all just see that bigger picture that we should be happy. <laughs> it's like wishing for world peace, but really, there's no reason why we can't really try to spin a positive light on this. Like it sucks. It sucks that so many of us are so 
it's great to our credit that we are also different. And that's why we're in this because that's what makes the uniqueness is great, but the hate for each other's uniqueness is not. And I really just long for a day when I read positive things on the internet on a regular basis about wrestling again from people and see them get excited to talk about things and do those things. Some people do that to their credit, but a lot of workers and promoters definitely, I don't see as much positivity spewing out of any of us. Not even me. I've been putting up a lot of random free poetry lately that, uh, that has been compassionate to me on my page. Um, but I, I haven't really been saying or doing much of wrestling and haven't been much of an inspiration lately, but we need to be get fired up and be happy because it'll come back and we're going to want it. We're gonna... Yes, exactly. We're going to want it. The fans are going to want it. And that's part of what is important. Like we've been saying here, we don't just do this for ourselves. We do this for the fans. There's a reason why we all go through like being body slammed is only fun for so many people. So it's there's like there's it takes a certain type of person and is fans too is it's we have to appreciate those individuals and we need to realize that it's for the greater good of this scene whether whatever it happens to be we need to realize why we all do this whether it's individually or as a collective group and i'm glad that we can take exactly that take some time to put a positive spin on this industry because i see a lot of positive things that come from it and i want to continue to see exactly that absolutely there's so much potential and so much hunger and so much love for wrestling out here. And like the next generation of people coming up, the people who have been here and paved the way, like we all just, we all love it. And it all comes off differently. And it's weird. Like some people, one person's angry outburst could really just be a passionate feeling about how they feel about something as opposed to, you know, whatever it is. But when we all come back together, I really hope people just realize that we need to be reflective of ourselves and fix ourselves first and make ourselves better. Um, a lot of that's been mentally for me too. Acknowledging a lot of my assholeries and doing things wrong and not standing up and taking accountability, that's, that's a hard thing. Not everyone will do that, and that's not their walk. You don't have to feel that you're accountable for whatever. I feel accountable for me. I feel sad knowing that I've seen things and, and been around things that, in hindsight, perhaps I shouldn't have seen or allowed. Um, and nor will I, I'm not ever going to throw anybody under the bus because that's not my business. That's, that's, if you want to deal with your own, whatever demons, your own ways, people, that's up to you. Uh, but for me, I'm looking forward to everybody again. I want to go, I want to go hug our friends and family in this wrestling environment. I want to hear the cheers. I want to hear the booze. I want to go back to work with the colleagues that I know have treated me well over the years. And I want to see the joy that people have in their eyes when it comes to wrestling right in front of me. Um, and however that all comes to play, whether it's two, three, four, five years from now, whether it's as a worker or as a promoter or just as a quiet guy, and maybe the last time you ever hear from Danny Deeds again, there's no other podcast, there's no whatever. Um, I had a great time. And I'm really, truly grateful for anyone who's ever put me in their ring or worked with me. I never have looked at anybody in a really negative light that, hey, you did me like, know that you've touched me in a way and you've helped me learn. You've helped me experience this life and I am ever grateful for it. Um, and I, I just take it all with me and hopefully we'll get that back. And hopefully you'll all get to experience the same kind of joy I'm feeling. And over time we'll, we'll get to the point where we need to be and we'll figure out a way, but yeah. 100, 100%. And I cannot wait for that day. And I'm incredibly thankful that you were able to join us here today and i have one last question for you here danny deeds are you ready for it okay so we've talked about your growth as a professional wrestler as a promoter as an entrepreneur and otherwise and now i want to continue to know a little bit more about yourself so over this process this growth how has it helped you grow as an individual a human being or what has it taught you about yourself? 
uh, that I'm some kind of socio psychopath, probably. I um <laughs> I uh there's so many things that I've learned throughout my life, especially in this business, but I um I like to be people's vault, as it were. Um and I things I've seen and done and the adventures that I have been on, there are so many things that the world will just never ever know um that I've taken with me. And um that has always been contributing to my growth, how I see the world, how I see myself as a person, the judgment calls I have to make, um, whether or not I'm responsible for somebody, whether or not I'm responsible for anything. It's my own actions that I'm responsible for. Um, I often talk in private conversation with people about the fact that like personality wise, I'm probably the same teenager I was when I was a teenager, but you learn, but that's the, that's the value of wisdom over a 10, 20 year period. Now as a 39 year old, and I'm going to be 40 this year, surprisingly enough to age me, um, I can look back and be like, well, generation of you 20 somethings and people just breaking into the business, do it. Follow your dreams, treat each other with respect, you know, do right by this next generation and wrestling's going to stay here for a very long time to come. Um, and it's helped me develop. I, over time became a person who only dreamed of being a wrestler to saying, hey, I'm going to do something to accomplishing my dream, to then be able to have all of these achievements, to then go on to have the confidence to bring children into this world and know that they can be properly loved and give them an opportunity. I wrestle with my kids now on a weekly basis. They are right into having wrestling matches with me. And you can imagine as a dad, how that felt. My firstborn, she would, had pictures taken with Nicole Matthews and Veronica Vice and Casey Spinelli. Well, I was the ECCW Tag Team Champion. And it was two weeks after she was born and she was at her first wrestling show. And, you know, there's what I've taken is you can really be happy in life. You work at it and you do the things that you're impassioned about and you treat other people well. And if you don't treat other people well, you should own it. It sucks to say, but it's true. And if I've wronged you ever, and I haven't even realized it, I welcome you to come and talk to me about it and open up those wounds. And even if they hurt me, and and talk about those things because this business this life is all about bonding with other people uh, a huge empath um if, if you're familiar with that term and i genuinely love everybody um and i try to see the good in all of the situations that i possibly can maybe that's why i kind of compartmentalize too much i can be in a situation where i can black and white something that could have like horrible effects on my emotional and mental well-being but I can be there and tolerate those kinds of things and still make executive decisions. And um, I don't know. I've definitely grown to understand this business better and people better. Um, and in this last year, without having everything that I've ever wanted, and everyone had to give up their wrestling dreams, and everyone had to be put on hold, how are we going to deal with that? I definitely found myself a lot more, found the person I needed to be, um, and been able to refocus and find what's really important to me, not only in this business, but in life in general. Um, I think all of you helped me grow. This conversation helped me grow. And I thank you for that because nobody has taken that time to sit with me for nearly two hours and just have me talk about my feelings about this business. And I did, and like I said, I didn't get into anything that was specific and bury anybody. And I, it was, and the amount of things that we could talk about down the line, if you want to, are, are endless. Um, but if there's any head, hitting at home point, it, I really just miss you all. And whether you're a fan or a friend, and when we get back, I really hope that we all figure out a way to make it positive for everybody again and start building yourselves up that way and reach out and mend those things or move on with them. And, and, and then, and that way you don't have to carry that anymore either, you know, and be happy. I've learned to be happy. And what it takes to make me actually happy um, in very dark times, you know? Absolutely. 100%. And as a fellow empath, I thank you for opening up and not only sharing your journey, but these lessons with us here today. So thank you so very much, Danny Deeds, for joining us here on the Desert Tiger Podcast. Appreciate it. Look forward to uh, another one in the future. Oh, Ambush, I hope that you enjoyed this part two with Danny Deeds. I hope you enjoyed part one as well. 
And by the sounds of it, Danny has a lot more to tell with the potential of a book coming on the way, so maybe we'll have to get him on the show at least, at least one more time. But until then, you can go and follow Danny Deeds on social media. You can follow Pacific Pro Wrestling Canada on social media. You can find a links to do so down in the description to this episode here. And with that, it is now time to give Danny Deeds a roaring DTB. Thank you for joining us here on today's episode of the show. I need to thank German from yourpodcasteditor.com for making everything sound so amazing. And I need to thank you, The Ambush, for tuning on into this episode of the DTP. If you have yet to join up with The Ambush yet, what are you waiting for? It's as easy as hitting subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app or service. You know, the one you're using right now. Do it. You did. Congratulations, you joined The Ambush. And you can also help The Am, the DTP, grow by sharing this episode with your friends, your family, on your social media. You can give us a big old five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio, and you can head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere you go. And with that, it's now time that we said our final bye-byes, but not before I tell you to find your mountaintop, your oasis, the thing that makes your heart so damn happy that it makes it want to jump out of your chest, your roar, find your roar, and then let it out into the world and let them know just how powerful, how wondrous, and how beautiful you and your roar are capable of being because you are all three of these things and oh, so much more and you best believe it. And until next time, bye bye Ambush. The Desert Tiger Podcast.